We are taking a break from your regularly scheduled podcast to talk about my post flow. My post flow wants to recognize and celebrate your big milestones. They take facts from your events and write a custom story, and then they add photos to a custom layout from your event. Visit their website, mypostflow.com, to see how they will take your memory and make it into a beautiful piece of art. There are three different options to choose from when you're picking out the type of my post flow that you want. And you can do any type of event in your life. Some of the examples that they have are weddings, births, um, divorces, if you get a new pet, basically anything that is monumental in your life. It's <clears throat> their FAQ videos feature celebrity voices you will recognize that answer any questions that you may have on their product. It is a great option as a gift for someone or for yourself to celebrate a big moment. Visit mypostflow.com and let them write your story. Now, Guy, I know you better be getting me one of those since I just moved into a new house, right? <laughs> or when I get married. And, and your graduation. And my graduate. Yeah, you better get me one for my graduation. Or I'm going to beat you. With options from Basic Glow at 185 Grande Glow at 229, which is their most popular, and the Mega Glow at 315. They will take your memory, make it into a living piece of art for you. Again, that's at mypostglow.com. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hello, everyone. Um, as Ali just explained, um, we are using my post flow for our moments in life which actually ties into what we're speaking about today because today's topic is big moments in our life that like changed our life like the course of our life so um i have a whole bunch but like the really really big ones i would like to speak about is like me going to college, my high school graduation, um, my coming out, obviously, because, like, like, those say, I, oh, I went through a journey <laughs> for because coming out is not easy, obviously. Um, finishing high school as a first-gen student is huge, and I was actually the first one in my family to graduate high school without like failing a year because my grandparents they didn't make it past like eighth grade I think and then my father failed his senior year my uncles and aunts also failed their senior year um my mom had to drop out because she was pregnant with me at the time so like it was huge because, you know, I went through, I did every year, and I passed. And then I got into college, and it was, 
I it was something that I knew I was gonna do. But at the same time, it was like so surreal that like wow, like I'm actually doing it. Like there's so much pressure on you when you're a first gen student, especially like from an immigrant family, because they risked everything that they had to give you this opportunity and like to know that I'm doing my work and making them proud and stuff, like I'm happy about that. And um I spoke about this in earlier podcasts, but both my grandparents on my father's side passed away end of twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one. But I graduated twenty nineteen and both of them were able to go to my graduation and and my grandma was handicapped. She uh was unable to walk as much as she was before in earlier years of my academic career. But um she was there for my graduation and it was just so special because like you could see her face and she was so like lit up and joy and it's like one of those like pure moments in life that you really look back on and changes you. Um when I got into <laughs> so I I applied to two colleges only. Um one of them was the University of Hawaii. And the other one is my current university right now, is Florida International University. And when I was accepted into my first ever college, it was University of Hawaii. Um, they they were so like happy, obviously, like who wouldn't be? But it felt so unreal because I honestly was struggling through high school. I really was. Like I'm not even gonna lie. It was really bad because during the time I was also like coming out and dealing with that at home kind of like affected me. I was always so anxious that it would affect me in school and stuff. And <sighs> it's a long story. Um, I think I kind of explained that in another podcast, so I won't be going like too deep into my coming out because, like, I'm assuming you guys have heard of it, so. I'll probably only be focusing about like my academic milestones in life, but um when I got accepted into University of Hawaii, what happened was the mail came to my mom's house. That's the address I put in. And she texted me that it was it was a photo on Snapchat she sent me and it was a giant like envelope. And I remember earlier in the week my friend was telling me he was like, yeah, Anthony, Um, I've been accepted to college, so I know how acceptance letters look like. You have to look out for the big letters because those have the information on, like, how to continue enrolling and all that. And denial letters, or rejection letters, I'm sorry, they're small because all they have to say is, sorry, you're not in, blah, blah, blah. And they don't give you any information. This letter was a giant envelope. So my mom was like ecstatic like she was just like jumping off the walls in excitement she's like oh my god it's here it's big i'm like oh i got accepted that oh my god wait so then i told her to open it and then she opens it and she sends me the acceptance letter and then 
she's like screaming and i'm telling my family because we were in the car it, it was actually on the same day of my brother's birthday actually um we we're going to a restaurant to celebrate him and it was me my dad my grandmother and i told them that i got accepted and they were like wow like you're gonna be leaving to hawaii and then and at the time i thought it was for me it wasn't i'm kind of glad because you know the natives don't want me there so sorry about that but um yeah it was just like big it was like wow like everything i worked for everything you have worked for and like sacrifice and like I mean, here in America, from the tower, just huge. Um, and then, sadly, they won't be able to see my graduation, but that is my next milestone that I'm waiting for. So, yeah, that's my academic milestones. Um, I don't know what you want to share because I know you've graduated, you yes, know, from your I masters, so. I graduated from my undergrad, thank god. Um, so, for me, like, grad graduating from high school wasn't really a big milestone, you know? It was mm-hmm. relatively easy for me. Um, I had three older brothers, actually. All graduated just fine. Didn't, like, skip any grades or anything like that. Like, my dad is a college graduate and everything, so... Not like how the first gen student like you were or anything like that. Um, I wasn't like Val Victorian, so it wasn't like anything that like you know. So I mean, I did well, but like I didn't do that well. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so like we we had already been through that dog and pony show, right? My oldest brother is eight years older than me, so when I was graduating high school. He had already graduated from college, and he graduated from his master's at that point. I think he would have, because that would have been, what, 2016? Yeah, he had probably just gotten accepted into a PhD program. So, (laughs) it was not a big big deal in my household to grad. It was just something we were, like, just expected to do. At that point, when you have a brother going for a PhD in English. Um, Like I said, my dad had already done college. My grandma graduated from college. It was just like a normal thing. Like, it's just, you know, we were all expecting to go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with graduating from college, honestly. It wasn't that big of a deal, especially because it happened during COVID. So, like... I didn't even have a graduation or like a graduation party from college. Just kind of sat around a TV and watched it. And that was all took some pictures. It was pretty boring. Um, I graduated semester late, which kind of sucked, but I, there's a reason for that. I went on a co-op. So I basically stopped going to classes for a semester. I was still enrolled full time. And instead I went and like worked full time at like a company in my field basically for a semester which was really cool um the more i guess life defining where yeah i guess life defining moment in college 
would be living on campus. Now, I suggest to everyone who goes to college, if you are able to afford it, to live on campus for at least a year. If, if you're not able to afford it, then you're not able to afford it, right? Don't go into, like, insane debt to live on campus. But, like, if you can't afford it, then do it. It will be one of the best decisions you have ever made, honestly. Um, so when I had graduated high school, I, in, during high school, I hung out with a somewhat unsavory crowd. Um, most people would probably call them. Uh, they're a lot better now, but uh, at the time, I mean, when they were 12, they were smoking cigarettes, right? That's really young to be smoking cigarettes. Like, they were drinking, they were doing drugs, like, the one girl came into school the one day on acid that she had done two days ago. They're all, like, really just depressed people for the most part. They're a lot better now. I, I actually talk to some of them now still. Because they've gotten a lot better. Um, but at the time during high school, they were just, like, not not a crowd to hang out with. And not a crowd that made sense for me to hang out with, really. Because I don't do that kind of stuff. I was just kind of there. Um, and being around kind of that negative attitude, you know, after a while, you start to embody that negative attitude as well. Yeah. So I ended up becoming very depressed from hanging out with them all the time. Because they were, like, my group of friends. That's who I hung out with in high school. So once I started college, I lived in the dorm for my first first two years there, actually. I lived in the dorm. And I moved over to, we have, like, um, what do I want to say, university apartments on campus that you can still, like, use scholarships to pay for and everything, but you can live there year-round, like, you don't get kicked out like you do for in a dorm, stuff like that. You have a lot more, like, freedom. It's nice. Anyways. Um, so I lived in a dorm for two years, and I lived in a university apartment for, I guess, technically uh, a year and a half-ish, because one of them, I wasn't technically living there, but I was just staying with Alex the entire time. <laughs> The entire time. <laughs> but that's a different story. But, um. <clears throat> and I met my roommate. So, roommates, you were able to either just, like, pick randomly a room to live in. Or, like, they had these, like, kind of, like, Tinder for roommates, basically. Well, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I don't really care who I get matched up with. Whatever. I, like I said, I was depressed at this time. I was really looking down on life. I was like, they're going to be horrible no matter what, probably. So, I didn't really care. I just picked a random room. I didn't, like, whatever. And then somebody picked, um, my friend Mel picked the same room as me. So, we didn't know each other before then. We did not know each other at all. I'm saying my friend because now she's my friend. Um, and... <laughs> I felt so bad because she, um, we like exchanged numbers through email because she like knew my first last name. So she just looked up my school email and we exchanged numbers and she wanted to like, she was so excited, right? She wanted to like plan out how we're going to do a matching theme for our room and all this stuff. She was so excited. I was like, I don't, I don't really care. So, and I, whenever I tend to text, I tend to text in like one 
letter, like two letter or two word sentences. I don't really give a lot. I don't really use emojis much. It's just not who I am. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of texting. So like I was sending her these really short messages and she thought I hated her before we even moved in. <laughs> I felt so bad. But anyways, so Mel, who ended up being my roommate, was a very, very upbeat person. <clears throat> she was very bubbly and she she's just like a one of those magnetic people you just want to be around them right um she was homeschooled she didn't really know a lot about like the outside world i should say um a good example of this is she didn't know that it was not okay to out me as being <clears throat> not straight to other people she didn't comprehend that people would have an issue with that because she was in a bubble all of her life. I mean, her closest neighbor to her was five miles away when she in at her actual house. Um, so when I met her after probably like a month or two, my attitude started to kind of change. She kind of, she honestly really, really helped me being around that kind of attitude that's just really bubbly and like happy and sees nothing wrong with the world helped lift me out of like the depressive state I was in which was a really really big moment in my life seeing that like oh it's like okay to be happy like you can be happy you know what I mean because I had never I hadn't experienced that in a really really long time those friends that I had in high school I mean I became friends with them right around when I was 13 years old so from the age of like 13 to like 18 depression for the most part was all I saw out of the people I hung out with the most um, my life at the time at home wasn't great because my parents were going through a divorce and stuff like that <clears throat> so that was really my main view on how people acted at the time so she really helped me see that it's, it's okay to be happy which was a really like I said a really big turning point in my life to get me out of that like depression that I had been in for like five to six years which was awesome I accredit a lot to her for helping me through that time in my life which is awesome um so that was one really big like moment in my life like meeting her and like going through that experience with her basically and then another one would that also has to do with like living on campus was just living on campus in general having to you know do your own laundry having to figure out basically that freedom like you know being able to not go to class if you don't want to or having to do your own laundry or having to get your own food or figure out I was working at the time at, on an off-campus job so figuring and I didn't have a car or license so figuring out how am I gonna get to my job how am I going to buy food for myself right so there's a lot of grow up that happened in that time because before that I really didn't do my own laundry or anything like that I didn't really cook for myself my mom cooked for me <coughs> Because my mom loves to cook. It's one of her favorite things. Which I never complained about. Because <laughs> it means I didn't have to do it. Um, so just like. I guess growing up in that time as well. A lot in less than a year. That happens there. Once 
you graduate high school and go live on campus, there's a lot, a lot of maturing that goes on in that time as well. That was very monumental in my life. Um, and the last one I have to talk about, about school, and this goes back um, to Mel somewhat, was so our second year there, Mel, I, well, I, I'll start off with this. My The second year that we were there, I had signed up to help people, like volunteer to help move people into their dorms early. Um, so I was basically just went there a day or two early to help freshmen move into their dorms, right? And there's this other person there. Um, I will say, technically at the time their name was Allison, but I'm going to say Alex out of respect. Um, because he does not like his old dead name, obviously. Oh my god, wait. Um, <laughs> so there's this person there named Alex, right? And I thought, I thought they were really cute. I, I really, really wanted to ask them on a date, but I was terrified. Um, so I didn't, I chickened out. I did not end up asking. I wanted to ask them to go and get ice cream with me, but I ended up chickening out and I didn't. So fast forward and I was like, I was like kind of upset about it for like a few weeks. I was like, I really should have. I should have just like went for it. I was vibing with them, like, but I was afraid that, you know, that they wouldn't like me. Whatever. They want to be attracted to me. So fast forward a few months to the time of November. Now, within this time of, like, end of August to November, um, there was a rafting trip that went on at my college that you could basically sign up um, to do rafting as a class. It was, like, a one-credit class. You, like, went, you, like, camped out. You went on this, like, cool whitewater rafting trip, whatever. Um, Mel had gone. My roommate Mel had gone. And Mel met some really, really cool people. She was on that trip. And um, fast forward to November, these people decide that they're going to have, like, a potluck dinner, right, for Thanksgiving, event, uh, holiday that we celebrate here in the U.S., in November. So fast forward to the potluck and I meet three people that I end up becoming friends with there. Um, well, one we're not friends with anymore because she was, we found out she was a pathological liar. That one was May. Cool. Um, my friend Peyton, who I am still very, very good friends with. I actually went on vacation this week which is why we didn't post a podcast last week and she watched my cats for a day so my <laughs> friend Peyton I met there and there's this person that I recognized there and guess who oh. it was it was Alex so over the next like five months five or six months this little asshole plays this little cat and mouse game with me Right? Like, he he had a crush on me. And he knew I had one on him because I told him. But he was trying to play hard to get. But eventually, I fucking won and we're still dating four years later. So, yeah. That was my last, like, big milestone. Huh? I love that. 
they wouldn't an origin story. Oh my god. It, it, it is an origin story. <laughs> when you right? said that moving in volunteering thing and then you're like it was Alex, I was like, oh. Speechless. And then like I, I never thought I would see them again, right? And then two, three months later, here they are again, and I'm like, this is meant to be, right? <laughs> I'm like, I need to date this at person. At that point. And at the time, he was actually dating someone. Um, And then they broke up, and then we were vibing, but he was scared to date me for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not, like, apparently I'm scary. I, I, don't, I don't fucking know why. Uh, so then he was, um, being a little shithead and, like, kept hanging out with me and, like, wanting to hang out with me all the time. And I was like, just date me. And eventually I just forced him to date me. And then, yeah, four years later, we're still dating. So. (laughs) Well, because, like, we, like... We have, like, cuddled and, like, kissed or whatever. And he was like, but I just don't really want a relationship right now. And I was like, no, we're dating. We are dating. Too bad. I don't care if you don't, if you're not up for a relationship right now. We are dating. And then the next day, May 4th, we started dating. So, that's how that went. (laughs) I forced him into the relationship. But hey, it worked out. Now we have a townhouse together. We have two beautiful little kittens. One who is laying on my desk currently. But yeah, an origin story in the making. But that was also a life-defining moment for me. Because... Yes, obviously, because we're still dating. It's been four amazing years with him. I love him so much. Um... With him, I was able, we were able to get, like, our own first apartment we had together. Um, Now we live in a townhouse together. So I've just had a lot of, like, little life moments with him as well. I went on my first, like, vacation that I paid for last week. Like, first big vacation. We, like, went to the beach. And it was great. And I paid for everything. I was very happy that I was able to afford for the first time in my life to pay for, like, an actual, like, week-long nice vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that was all the life-defining moments I had in college. It wasn't necessarily me graduating, but it was just stuff that happened, you know, while I was there that was really defining. Um, I also agree. Um, the... I have more, but that's, like, stuff that I've already talked about. Like, um, my grandparents, obviously, life defining, they're not here with me anymore, like, but I've talked enough about that, so I'm pretty sure y'all get the gist of that, but I will agree with your point of moving out, because it's just, like, when you are in high school, the majority of high schoolers are not moved out, like, they're with their parents, right? Um, when you go to college, that's, like, your first time that you have the chance to actually move out. And it could be paid for through financial aid or like a job you're doing. But when I moved out, I had so much freedom. I was like, I could go to sleep whenever. I could wake up whenever. I could get out of bed whenever. I could eat whenever. I could play with you as much as I want. After homework, of course. Never before. Um, But... 
it was just like you could literally do whatever you want. And that's just something most people were not able to do in high school. Like, yeah, you're young, you're 18, but that's when you learn as well. And let me tell you, when I moved out, that summer semester, I'm not going to lie, I was stuck in my dorm a bit. But that was because there was a lot of parties. Like, you know, like, everyone was a party. Like, look, I'm cool. Because uh, you're just moving out from high school and you're in the college. But, like, I would do a lot of stuff with my friends. I would party in a night with them in our dorm. It was, like, it was nice. It felt refreshing. And... Yeah. In my situation, my parents are, like, overbearing, which is, like, our first episode. But... <laughs> having that factor in my life I look back and it's like 2019 pre-COVID moving out was like the happiest I've ever been in a long time like I really just was living life and like had the best grades so it's like it does stuff for your mental health yeah Um. But then COVID someone, hit and having someone like feel like they have the power over you like, a parent when you're living under their household, especially when you're an adult, is just, is so just depressing, almost. Like, I'm, you know, in your case, for example, you're, what, 21 years old, yep. and your mom want to let you get on your computer that you own, no one else owns, uh, <laughs> to, to, because it was too early. Like, that's just... You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. Stupid. Yeah. Um, um, that first year, a lot of it was getting paid. I honestly, <laughs> if I didn't get the meal plan, which I barely even used, I'm not even going to lie, used it on junk and crap whenever we would do stuff with my friends. But, like, I didn't really need that now that I look back at it. And... I could make do with like 50 a week, maybe. So it'd be like 800 a month and for food, but I was paying over like a thousand for the meal plan. It was not worth it. Only do the dorm if you can, but if you need the food, then do it. But yeah, that's my advice. If you have the chance, move out for college, do it because you are going to meet so many people in that dorm. I'm not even going to lie. Me, I met so many people on different floors in that dorm. There's, there was like pool parties that my dorm hall was hosting. Um, it's just a lot more convenient too because <laughs> me taking seven eight a.m. classes, not okay. Wait, I phrase that wrong. Seven or maybe eight in the morning. Not like I had seven eight a.m. But yeah, um, early riser is what I was back then. Um, it's just easier to get ready in the morning when. You know, you're on campus and you're technically already there. <laughs> you just have to get ready and go. You don't have to drive or anything. Yeah, you, so don't, you, can, like, you don't have a car. You don't have to, like, worry about, like... Yeah, know, that was me. I rides. couldn't have a car. I didn't have my license. Like, I don't need to worry about going to school because I'm already at school. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have that little bit of time to sleep in if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I don't really have that many life-defining moments, I guess. Another one would probably be, like, when my great-grandparents died. Because they died within 
three months of each other. Three or four when I was 12. I would mind four. Right around when I was 12. Maybe I, I might have been 10. It was right around there. But um, my great-grandmother had Alzheimer's. And she, in her later years, she, like, really, really declined. Like, she didn't, re- she didn't remember how to speak. Declined. Um, and I was really close to my great-grandparents. I would go to, like, their house after school every day. Because I, I, I went to my elementary and high school. Well, half my elementary and high school was not where I lived. The city I lived in. I was open enrollment. Which means I basically go to a different city to go to school. Um, I think I talked about why in our one, in one of our videos, maybe the hometown experience one, I think I talked about a little bit, but, um, so I would, and they lived in the city that I was open enrollment in. So the city I went to school in, my mom wouldn't get off work till four. We were done with school around like two, two thirty, somewhere around there. So we would go to my great grandparents' house after. And, um, if you listen to the Overbearing Parents episode, you'll understand I did not have the greatest relationship with my father. Um, you will also probably understand that in our next episode, but we'll get that to that at the end. Um, so I would go there after school. I honestly probably saw my great-grandfather more than I saw my own father because he wouldn't get home till, like, six. And then I, I had a bedtime at like eight or nine. So I, I just saw my great grandpa way more probably as well. And I was really, really close to him. He was almost like a father figure in my life. Um, so then when I didn't really know my great grandmother that well because she had Alzheimer's, however, like I said, um, I mean, at the time I was like, you know, 10, I didn't really understand what that meant other than she had a funny idea of how things worked like for example she thought um little people were drinking her orange juice so in her fridge because she would forget when she drank it so in her fridge she had two different orange juices one labeled for the little people and one labeled for my grandfather and her (laughs) because she really thought little people lived in her backyard and were coming in and drinking her orange juice um but, so, I didn't really know her that well. I didn't understand the disease at the time. So, I didn't really get that close to her. So, her death didn't hit me as hard. Um, but then, it hit my grandfather, my great-grandfather, obviously, really hard. They were married for, since he came home from the World War. So, 1945, they were married till. And they died, I believe, right around, like, 2010. Right around there, 2008. In that general... No, they were alive for Josh's graduation. So, like, 2009, 2010 would have been when they died. So, I don't know how many years that is, but it's a lot. They were married. And they had, like, I don't, have I talked about their love story? I think I, I don't think I did. No, I think I did a little bit when uh, we were talking about Mormons in the one religion episode. I might have talked about a little bit. They had a really, 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 really cute love story. Um, and I mean, it was enough for my grandmother to not be a Mormon and be shunned from her family for the rest of her life for the most part. So, yeah. Um, and so my grandfather ended up dying about two to three months after she did because he just, 
he could not go on. He literally died from a broken heart. Like, that was the only reason that they could come up with because he just randomly went into a coma for no reason and then died. And that was really, really hard for me because, like I said, he was like a father figure in my life. So, it made me very depressed, I guess. That's kind of where... And then I started hanging out with the people I was talking about in high school. That was all around the same time. So, I was very... That also helped me go into, like, a very just kind of depressed state for a long time. Just the fact of having to you know, try and go on without, with not having him there. I was still going to his house after school and everything, and there was just no one there. And it was really, really weird and really, really hard for a while because of that. Um, I feel like all of my life-defining moments are, like, death-based. But my last oh. one, well, guy, should we talk about our obvious life-defining moment? Of us meeting the group, or should we do a whole podcast? But I feel like we should do a whole podcast That's about that. That's a whole thing. Okay, yeah, we'll do we'll do a whole other story some other time about how me and Guy met, because that was obviously a life defining moment for both of us and our entire group of friends. But um, so my last life defining moment probably talk about would probably be when my cousin died. So I have a lot of cousins. I have an abundance of cousins, right? Most of them are older than me. I don't have a lot that are around my age. Most of them are like 50s, 60s. They're they're old, right? Um, I think he was right around like 60, mm, early 60s, late 50s when he died. Um, he had very severe autism, actually. So he had basically the, you know, mental capacity of like, I think right around a six-year-old, um, autism-wise. Uh, so he was interesting. I loved him very much. I was pretty close with them. Um, and we were, how it happened was basically we were at the hospital. My great-aunt, who was his mother, had to have surgery on her hip. She had to have a hip replacement. It was, it might have been knee. No, it was a knee replacement. Yeah, she had to have a knee replacement. While she was in surgery, he, and he was at the hospital at the time, he ended up having a massive stroke. And he was hospitalized um, at the same time that she was in surgery for it. Um, he ended up having to be in the ICU. And he lived for about two days. Two or three days before he passed away. Um, what was really like defining about this for me, though, was that we, for his last kind of hour or two, like, we were going in and out of the hospital all that week. We were basically living there. Like, my whole family was. And I have a very large family, so I feel very bad for that hospital and that ICU unit. Um, but we, for the last, like, hour before he died we obviously like all got called into the room you know how they do they're like okay your family member like it's you guys have to come basically you know what I mean guy yeah so we all showed up and we basically very very slowly watched him suffocate on his own like mucus and stuff like that because his respiratory system was shutting down and like 
I was like 12 or 13 at the time. I was young. I might have been 14. It was after my parents' divorce, so I was probably around 14. So I was really young at the time to watch that. And we just all kind of sit around silently as like my mom and his, um, my cousin's brother, like basically tried to keep him as alive as long as possible. I don't know why nurses weren't doing it. They had them doing it, like sucking mucus out of their, his like lungs. I don't know why they didn't have a nurse doing that, but whatever. Um, and yeah, basically just slowly watching my cousin died was um a little traumatic honestly and it just like kind of pushed me further into that depressive state watching that happen before my eyes a very slow and like painful death I don't know why they had me and my cousin Natalie who was my age watching it with them probably not the best idea in hindsight but yeah that was kind of a life-defining moment for me as well as it generally is for people when they watch, you know, their cousin die. Um, this has been a really depressing episode. Yeah, no. Um, I went through something. It started like off that on a high note and then it went depressing. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I was kind of in the same boat because when my grandmother got into the car accident, um, she was in the hospital for like two two months. Um. There was a whole complication with surgery, and then she got COVID, so she couldn't come home. And then, at the time, she could have gone home because she was going to get discharged, I think, or something like that. But then, the AC at her house was shut down for, like, those two. So anytime I would get onto the voice call, you could only ever hear fans over me. And during those they two months, so our, landlord, our landlord... Was it was I don't know, like unspeakable things honestly because he didn't want to fix anything. If we forced him to, he would hire the cheapest option, cheapest people, poor quality work, never did anything, and then um we just didn't want her to go through all that heat and her pain, and we like. Decided to just let her stay at the hospital until then. And then, um, I hadn't seen her from like early June, and it was already the end of August. And I think it was a Wednesday that I went, and we had to make the decision of like cutting the cord, and I was part of that decision because I was like old enough and. I said yes. Like, I honestly didn't want her to go through any pain. And, um, when I went up to her, and this is, like, a promise I'm holding myself to now, she's an, only a Spanish speaker. And I speak both, but primarily English and my Spanish isn't that good when I speak. Um, I could read it, understand it. I can't really write it. But, like, yeah, that's me. Um, I was trying to say everything that she meant to me in Spanish, but I just couldn't get the words out of my mouth. So I, like, did the most basic general stuff of, like, thank you for everything you did. I appreciate it all. Like, you sacrificed so much. All, like, the basic stuff, but I couldn't really go into detail and, like, specific memories and stuff. And 
kind of like haunts me because you know if I spoke more Spanish I would have gotten better at it to actually like say my goodbyes but I didn't get a proper goodbye because I didn't know about that I didn't go uh, I didn't know Spanish too good sorry and like from that day to today I like always told myself that I would get better at Spanish because of that reason just to communicate with people better Yeah, you were communicating um, with that one person pretty well. We were, we were playing a game yeah. last night, and guy was talking to someone in Spanish. And I think they understood you pretty well. So I think you're doing a good job. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I know. Um, My Walgreens job definitely helped, because I would be the only person to use Spanish, so I learned a lot <laughs> from there. Oh, um, yeah, I bet. Yeah, no, seeing your loved one dying is... Painful, obviously. Alright, well, I think we are, if you don't have anything else to say, Guy, I think we're going to end this on a depressing note. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, Guy, would you like to tell the listeners, I almost said viewers, no, listeners, about what next week has in store? Uh, hmm. I never forgot what. Uh, well, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um, that just yeah. Okay, so next week's episode is like living with a separate household. So like, if your parents are both separated or divorced, and you're kind of like sharing custody split between them. Um, I've mentioned in my podcast. Or in earlier podcast episodes that like me I, I I would have to like switch between houses between my mom and my dad. Um when I came back from living in the dorm, it got really weird because at least in high school, since I wasn't yet an adult making my own decisions, I had to go by what like the court says or whatever. But then after eighteen, it was up to me. So I was now put on the pressure of, like, who do I want to live with? And it was not easy. And I want to talk about it next time. Next episode. So we will talk about that next episode about separated households. Now, wherever you're listening, if you could give us five stars, write a review, follow us, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, it will help us out help drive us up the charts so more people can listen to us and stuff like that so yeah come back for our next podcast about separated households